This brand new episode of Nankuru Naisa podcast is brought to you by Traffic Coffee, a specialty coffee roaster from Montreal doing absolutely amazing stuff. I know for a fact since, uh, well, yes, you know, since uh, I don't have to explain exactly why, but trafficcoffee.com is still roasting. It seems like coffee is an essential service here in Canada. You can order worldwide at trafficcoffee.com. And for all of April 2020, we are giving 15% of our sales to support the Montreal Rescue Uh, I don't know actually how it's called, Montreal Restorators Rescue Fund or something. So actually 15% of our sales goes to support people that actually lost all their jobs. You know, restaurants are closed in this times of the pandemic. So we wanted to actually support these people because they are making Montreal what it is, a super cool city. So 50% of our sales goes through these people that need it the most right now so actually enjoy the episode go on to trafficcoffee.com and order your specialty coffee delivered to your door in 24 to 48 hours depending actually where you are in the world so enjoy so beautiful sunday morning michelle how are you i am tired but i'm You're good tired. how are you i'm uh I'm exhausted, but not physically. It, it seems like this whole period makes your uh, our, our biggest muscle in the um, in, in in our in our body work tirelessly, and that's the brain, mm. uh, and not my body. I mean, uh, so I don't know why I'm tired, since I feel like all I'm doing is sleeping, reading, playing video games, and watching TV. But uh, I'm kind of uh, jealous. <laughs> And working out, uh, working out once in a while. Yeah, I know you're working hard. How is that? Like we're in the midst right now for people that will listen to this episode in 10 years or so. Uh, <laughs> we're all in the of midst you guys of, that, that never lived this time. Yeah, we are in the midst of this uh, pandemic right now. So everyone's confined at home. So that's why, contrarily to all of our episodes, Michelle and I are... Uh, speaking right now on Zoom, um, yep. respecting the social distancing measures. Um, how does that affect you as an entrepreneur? Like, I know your, your gym is temporarily closed right now. Mm -hmm. Is it uh, harder on you? Is it, I mean, do you work harder? Do, how, I mean, I'm, everything's uncertain, right? Yeah, when they announced the closure of the gyms, or places of gathering, gyms included, was it was like a big blow, right? But I have two businesses. I have an online business and I have a gym. So this hit me in two directions because my gym had to, had like me and Carrie Ann had to squirm together and, and make sure that we can maintain our services, uh, get everything moving well and, and, and get our clients staying fit and staying active and try and figure out how we can keep, keep our coaches and everything. And, and it was a lot, a lot of research and work and just, just, just like, I can't even explain, like we were kind of thrown in a situation where we had no protocol. So 
we're kind of working 10 times as hard as we need to be because we have no protocol for this. So it's like trying to set up new systems, trying to set up new communications with our coaches, trying to set up rules, trying to set up um, and think of it like basically you have to deal with the business, all your, all the people who you owe money to and you pay consistently, like your, um, your rent and everything. We had to yeah. think about our coaches. We had to think about our clients and we had to think about our systems. So every single part of our business had to be addressed and readjusted within a matter of a week. So the first week that we closed, I was working 13, 14 hour days just because if I had only the gym, I mean, like it would be a different story, but then my online company, it's a like, it's like kind of like business as usual. So, and every week I have deadlines with this company and we have, a workflow that a workflow that is weekly. Um, so then it just, there's a lot of things that I would do for the online company that I just had to set aside. So me personally, even this, we're in our fourth week coming up, I think. And um, yeah. my workload has been huge and it's been extremely, um, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining because I have work and I'm very lucky, but, it's been extremely difficult to manage and balance my life with my work life in the last four weeks, in the last three weeks, I should say, extremely difficult. So um, I wouldn't be lying if I, if I didn't say that there are a couple of moments where I was kind of just completely overwhelmed and just felt like I was never going to get out of, out of this situation. I had just begun to feel like I had control over my schedule and then this happened. So it hasn't been very easy, but like I said, I have work. Um, uh, I think that uh, I have a good team as well. I have a good team on my online company. I have a good team at my gym. Um, I have a good partner at the gym that we've done everything we could to, to stay on the right track. And we're starting to reap the benefits of that because our clients are giving us extremely good feedback and, I feel confident that our clients will stay with us and, and uh, it's just, it's, it's just uncertain and it's stressful and it's like that for everybody. And it's like that. But for I everybody. think, I think you, uh, you girls were super proactive in how you managed it. And um, you were one of the first of keeping everyone together. I mean, having this Facebook group for all your members, <clears throat> all your clients that are with you, and keeping the com communication process going. Yeah. Uh, well, Zoom luckily class for us, yeah, the that that Facebook group was there before, so we still had we had that platform. But now, yeah, like once that happened, we use that platform to the to the max, you know. But yeah, thank you. Do you I really feel? That. Do you feel? <laughs> but do you feel you'll get out of this as a businesswoman? much stronger with different channels of revenue coming in, like <clears throat> having, yes, the gym, your online business, but now as well, you have another uh, side of the gym that you can uh, push or you know now that all these systems are now in place. So uh, might as well use it um, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the future, right? Well, yeah, I mean we could um i personally um zoom classes are not 
anywhere near to the same degree of satisfaction as a real quest. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong. No, like in the circumstances, yeah, in the circumstances, it works really well. But um, I don't think that I would be very happy giving online training in a context of CrossFit style training. Um, I, I think personalized programming works well for that, but it's just not the same service. So I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's something that our gym is going to exploit. I definitely think that doing virtual consultations will be um, very interesting to get people um, more comfortable in in getting training from people from from our coaches. But I don't know if so. One thing that I have found extremely difficult to manage is that all the CrossFit gyms that are going through this right now have a lot of resources. So if there's, if there's a reason why we were really proactive is because I joined this group called uh, 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 Gyms United or something like that. Okay. Um, and, and this Facebook group had, they started pretty much the week we closed. And it's just like a Facebook group that gym owners go to to kind of like get um, information and cues and tactics about navigating the situation. So when I joined that group, they were already talking about Zoom classes. So I already had Zoom for my work. So I said, okay, well, we're just gonna jump on this, you know? So it was, it was just like, I was able to use some of the platforms that I have for DecaComp for my mm-hmm. gym. Um, but one of the things that is very difficult in this situation is that this group has a lot of pressure about making money in this situation and, and the and like things to do and things to implement and like a whole new opportunity, um, a whole new opportunity to, to, I don't know, like, um, uh, have a new service at your gym. And basically I have found it to be ex- like, uh, at first it was an, a source of inspiration and and it was basically a way to kind of get ideas without f- feeling alone and ideas that have been done and processed and people talking about what they've done but then comes a huge amount of pressure to change completely your business it's like it's like all of a sudden this is going to happen again this pandemic situation is going to happen again therefore you better be ready for next time and this is how you need to make money off of this and you can develop this it's just it's just a lot of pressure yeah um, there's there's this uh, I, I i can't remember who said that but never waste a good crisis or something like that uh, business wise yeah. actually um and that is true. I mean, uh, on my business myself, I, I, I had to implement new systems as well. I mean, we're selling 100% yeah. online since, I mean, 95% of the of our clients are closed right now. It's crazy. Yeah. Offices, um, cafes, restaurants, everyone. So um, we're selling online, but we're much better at actually producing because we're working two or three times as much with I mean, half the money, but yeah, we're still rolling. We're still there. So I'm not complaining at all. Super grateful for everyone that supports us. But yeah, I mean, I know that coming out of this crisis, we're going to get better. We're, we're going to yeah. be um, better business owners, better entrepreneurs, and uh, with better systems. And there's a fine line. What, what, what you're saying is, uh, I mean, we, we put on a good uh, discount on our website, 19%, because 
thought it was funny having 19% uh, <laughs> with this crisis, but is the promo code COVID? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's an automatic promo code. So everyone that orders gets 19% off, but yes, we called the COVID, so COVID 19% off just to be kind of funny and have a little laugh about it. But anyway, and, and we're not promoting it. Like I see some other roasters, some other businesses that are probably that they need it to survive, that they're putting a lot of, uh, advertising online saying, Hey, um, support us, push it. And I'm like, well, there's millions of people out of jobs right now in Canada only, uh, in the U.S. even more. So there's a fine line between maintaining your business afloat during those times and yeah. profiting from that crisis and trying to make money out of it, which is the line we refuse to cross, Jesse and I, uh, and that I made yeah. clear from the very beginning. Like We are maintaining our business afloat. That's what we're doing. And we're going to profit from this after. So yeah. let, let's position ourselves. Let's be patient. And yeah. um, try not yeah. to make it sound like we're making money out of, uh, out of well, this. Well, I mean, it's normal that companies make money out of it. I mean, look at Zoom. <laughs> Zoom was the most downloaded application in the world like two weeks ago. Like, I can only imagine... I had a free account before and now I'm paying for it. Like, like there's a lot of, there's a lot of companies that will benefit yeah, from but this what, because what, of the nature of the company. But uh, yeah. What would you, I mean, now zoom is kind of an essential service, but I, I don't think that your, um, your appreciation, your appreciate. Wow. <laughs> Appreciating. Yeah, actually zoom. If you saw that zoom, uh, I mean, just up their prices by 15% because there's so much demand. Yeah. I mean, I, it, I think yeah. everyone would have been like, Hey guys, uh, fuck you. I mean, and I don't think that they did that. And I think that would have been very wrong. So yes, they're profiting from this and it's okay. Cause they put on a good product. Now it's an essential service. Like everyone needs it. I don't think everyone will debate that, um, zoom is a good platform or i mean we're using this one right now but there there's skype there's uh there's other ones that are uh that are out there but mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's like oh yeah we're gonna up the prices because everyone needs us now it's not like i mean the, the uber type of way um yeah so yeah so offer and demand well, i don't uber think has, that I in mean, these like, times yeah uber has like high demand they have limited resources and also like they're in, like, yeah, anyway, yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, um, I think it's what I meant, not so much profiting from the situation, but like adjusting to a new business, um, how do you say, a, a new business plan in the circumstances, whereas really this is temporary and now we have the tools to adjust, but like our gym is not gonna provide online training services it's just not the same product as coming into the gym so right now it's doing the job and we can do uh, we can meet up with people and we can talk about their goals and help them goal set and help them navigate mm -hmm. the multiple training opportunities they have but um i was in in reference to this group i was talking about it just feels like right now if you're not adapting to the situation you're not doing a good job so this is where I find it personally very difficult. It's 
It's like wasting a good crisis. What does that mean? Does that mean, does that mean if I don't jump in on this uh, online sales wagon that I'm an idiot? Like, so it, there's a lot like there's, a, and what I have found is that this, certain, no, what, I'm, this what I meant by saying that, what I meant by saying that was just like you adapted to it. And now I think you and Karian will grow from this. Yeah, because you're yeah. growing a community. So you didn't waste this crisis. I mean, by wasting a crisis, um, I've had this kind of super scare uh, two weeks ago when they said that they had to close down every non-essential service. And I didn't think that coffee was an essential service. Well, yeah, but anyway. Uh, and I was like, okay, like we're going to have to close the business. And... Jesse was like, no, we, we're not doing this because if we close, they're going to go somewhere else. And I mean, we're going to kill ourselves if we do that. I mean, yeah. kill the, the, so that would have been wasting the crisis. Now we're not doing that. And uh, I was not saying like, yeah, you have to profit from this right now. So mm. that, that was not, not at all my point. Yeah, we, well, it was more the point of that group, but yeah. What have you, so, so um, what do you think that this crisis will, how do you, like, my, I guess my question is, how do you think that companies will get better in this situation? Will they be, so one of the, one of the questions I've been asking myself is, will this mean that we will be forced to adapt to an online market? And if so, will be be drowned by competition because if everybody goes online then there is so much competition that mm -hmm. it just feels like you have no voice unless you pay extra to be heard you know what i mean so well, i think retail think... retail just changed forever uh it, it, and your your question your question is amazing but it's also very large depending on the industries so i think definitely from my point of view a lot of people and I'm going to answer my point of view on my business and on yours as well. Um, from my point of view in coffee, I think a lot of people will, uh, I, yeah, people will support more than ever local cafes and local uh, roasters. So I think that this is good for us, like uh, the specialty coffee market. Um, I also think that a lot of people will buy online more than ever like they realize that actually good business from here can give them good service and a good product and a fast shipping so that's pretty pretty cool um yeah so i i think that's good for us that's how we can profit from this and we're better at producing we're producing faster we're shipping faster now we we established like i was delivering uh, a couple of orders uh, that was not optimal at all. And now we're having this uh, awesome company, which is called Chasseur Courrier. And they have these, you know, these, when you're a car driver, these annoying quote unquote bikes that deliver everyone that they don't even have brakes. They're super freaks. Uh, these guys are delivering our coffee and they're amazing at doing so. They're way faster. They're cheaper than uh, also Canada Post, so that's amazing. So mm. I think that's how we will profit from this, uh, getting getting in touch with more people that try our coffee, so that's good. Um, and second, for, for the, the, the fitness or, you know, CrossFit businesses, I mean, 
I see, I see a kind of revolution. Yes, nothing will. I mean, it's just like training as a group training, training as CrossFit. Uh, I mean, nothing will replace. It's like now. I mean, we're together. We're FaceTiming. It's nothing like being together. And I mean, the I think that the thing I miss the most right now is hugs, just with friends and and family mm. uh i mean i i haven't hugged anyone in three weeks now which is ne which never happened in my life it's crazy it's the same thing with training but let's say you're a business person you need to train at 6 a.m or you're uh i don't know you, you you don't really have the time to go to the gym train take your shower um and then go to work or something because of family and all that stuff so why not offer some kind of business Uh, online class at 6 a.m. every morning uh, for I these people. I already pay a coach to do that at the gym. You see what I'm saying? No, no, I know. So, it's just I, yes. I, I'm not telling you DECA CrossFit. I'm telling you uh, abroad, like wh whoever. I mean, I think some people would join in instead of trying to train alone or trying to hire a personal trainer that won't come at your place at 6 a.m. to train you. Um, I mean, I think this is things that we will see uh popping here and there like hey uh and and you could train someone from i don't know well no this this doesn't work because california is they're going to be at 3 a.m when we're at 6 a.m yeah. but i mean anyone in the same time zone than you um they they could train with uh you know a, a, a trainer that's in the same time zone and that that could help better their fitness and overall health by moving mm -hmm uh and fitting in their schedule as well so that that's something i see that might be um gaining popularity um yeah but yeah. that's a threat that that is a threat now to our gym businesses because people will see that as an opportunity and you know unless i have coaches that are exclusively that love doing what they do online right now then we're kind of at a mercy but anyway i think i think um we'll see where it goes and we have to make a decision on what, what we want for our gym. Um, like I personally wouldn't uh, like offer the virtual classes only because I feel like it's just not the same. And if, if my priority is to get people moving well, then that platform is just, it's just not the best for that. Um, no, if other all. people's, yeah, other people's desire is just to give them a really good entertaining workout then hey by all means do it i just i'm not convinced that i want to do it yet that being said in my online company that is something that i'm looking at so see yeah yeah well We're, it's it's out of it's, these discussions come out great ideas yeah sometimes yeah <laughs> we still yeah, have the so time to drink coffee and not wine so No, no, no. I think the wine is good, uh, good, a, a good, a happy effect of this quarantine and isolation is that I'm not being judged for drinking three bottles of wine a week. Oh, no one knows. Now I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wanted to discuss about this thing and it's been a while. It's being, uh, on the back of my mind. There's this, um, For for some reason, every time I travel, I I buy the British GQ version, mm. and uh, I like this magazine. And there's a columnist 
who's actually Canadian, but is very known in, in the United Kingdom. He lives there and basically made a career out of there. He's called Tony Parsons, who belongs to another generation. Yeah. Uh, the guy has a gray slash white hair. And, uh, and he wrote a couple of years ago, I believe 10 years ago or something, uh, The 69 Men Commandments. And oh, it's 10 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's from another generation. And um, for the greater part of, well, it's more than that. Because, yeah, I think, yeah, certainly. Anyway, I think I read that in 2008 or nine or something like that. Okay. So um, I wanted to go through these with you because there's, there's a lot I've shared on my social media and both men and women have responded super um, positively about these little uh, quotes that, well, these 69 quotes, not all of them I agree with and certainly most of them you won't agree with, but I wanted us to react on most of them because they're funny. They're um, commandments, some... right? They're not quotes. They're commandments. Oh, yeah, they're you're, you're 69 right. They're... men commandments. Com and, and you're putting emphasis on commandments. And, yeah. Uh, and you know what? Just had the idea that for the, our next episode, I will find some commandments for women and will react on this on a complete different um, um, yeah on a complete different point of view so because um, mm -hmm. i i don't know how women think or what are your commandments but anyway i so, i feel but like i want to yeah. know this commandment stuff was it written in a humorous context or is it like legit because i read the, through some of them greg and i i was like this guy is joking of course, of course, this guy is joking a lot, but sometimes you need, I think there's a, a lot of sarcasm in there, but I think that when you go, um, when you go behind this sarcasm and when you start thinking about it, you, you see some kind of sense in what he's saying. Uh, of course, like we, when we went through together, uh, before, I mean, um, uh, number 10, never hit anyone because you are drunk, although it is permissible to hit them because they are drunk. I mean, okay. <laughs> you know, so this is just funny. Oh, um, God. <laughs> uh, never hit anyone you are not prepared to keep hitting. I mean, if I was writing Man Commandments, I would never talk about hit anyone because I never hit anyone in my life and I don't intend to hit anyone in my life too, right? Um, yeah. So... But I mean, it's probably different in the UK, right? It's a different culture. So I wanted to I don't go... know if it's, I don't, I think it's just a different generation, not about culture. Like, I don't know. Generation I, I, yeah. and culture, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Hitting I'm, people I'm shouldn't be a that... commandment. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sure that goes against like the, the, like, uh, the original commandments, or if you want to call them but original how many commandments. Times, <laughs> how many times did we see that in a movie, like, uh, this drunk guy who's, I mean, causing trouble and whatever, and some, one of his friends just hit him to put him to sleep, right? So it's just funny things that we see in movie, and we <laughs> probably don't think that we will do that in real life, right? <laughs> so you have to take these with a grain of salt, but yes. some are very true, and we, we won't go over uh, the ones that would make you... Uh, <laughs> Cringe? 
cringe. Yeah, cringe a lot. So number one, no. Michelle. Yeah. The slower no. you move, the faster you die. See, that one is good. I agree with that. Like, I think I think there's a healthy balance. Like, obviously, I am a living proof that if you try and move too fast off, like too much, and you're impatient with with how things are moving, you will end up also dying of like other reasons. <laughs> But I agree. Yeah. Like, like things need to move, move, and you have to be like pushing forward because otherwise you you would kind of like right now, right? Like how many people right now are, are, are just so bored that, that they don't know what to do with themselves. Like, Here. yeah, if things have to move, things have to move. I agree. Um, number two, oh, he just has because it's fun. one. Yeah, that, <laughs> that one. was one. I, 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 <laughs> I don't need to react on this because I, I, I love it so much and I know that it, it's very true actually. So yeah. Number two, money spent on dental work and travel is never wasted. Plan to die with good teeth and great memories. Good teeth. So, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, who doesn't agree with dental work? <laughs> But I don't agree I don't know. that you should look like, uh, uh, how does Eminem call him? A Agent Orange. So, uh, I mean, you know, you're, yeah. you're, you have like these shiny white teeth, just like Ross and Friends. I don't know if you know, like he, I don't he did. Uh, oh, you should see this episode where, where, you know, Ross goes completely overboard and has, you know, blinding white teeth. Um, and sometimes you see that on 70, 80-year-old people. And I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. I think um, that statement is so... It like if you look at it in a more general way, what he's saying is that investment in things that are tedious, such as dentistry, and investments that are easier, such as vacation, should be treated the same because the quality of life is increased when you do those things. So I would look at it like that. So dentistry is a necessary evil. No one likes to go to the dentist, but everyone is happy once they go. Yeah. And it's just a symbol of taking care of yourself more than things that you enjoy doing. Um, investment in yourself. And then vacation is basically investing in your happiness and your entertainment and your life experiences. So I agree with, it, it, with that statement in that way. But to go as specific as dentistry, I don't know. But what, what I believe he's saying If, if we take the idea of the Bible and, and, and basically try and interpret it not to the letter, not so, not so, how do you say that? What's the word? Not so literally. And you look at it more, um, what does that mean? I would say that this statement, this commandment means invest in the annoying things in yourself and the glamorous things for yourself. Does that make sense? Michelle, you're wow, you're inspiring me this morning. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, so. uh, um, there's so many good ones, but uh, seven drugs should be behind you by the time you are 25, unless your day job is playing guitar for the Rolling Stones. Lead rhythm, not bass. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Was a good joke. I, I think, how, yeah, no, no, go ahead. My reaction to this is I don't know if that's true. Let me explain to you. When you're 25, you don't understand dosage. 
when you're young, everything is excessive. Whereas when you're an adult, you understand the consequences, the real consequences. And then we have to keep in mind that this statement is dangerous because there are a lot of people out there that have addiction issues and that have addictive personalities and things like that. Like, I can't say that, that I agree with that statement, but if we're going to go to a more, um, I don't know. Like, I think that people who are in their 30s and 40s and even 50s can experiment a lot more intelligently than 20-year-olds. And I was talking to members, right, like, not long ago, maybe a month or two ago, I was talking to a member and I said, man, like, I feel like parties in your 30s would be the best parties of your life. And this woman is 50-something years old and she said, no, no, no. No, no, no. The be- no, she's for- late 40s or early 50s. She's like, the best parties I've ever had in my life were when I was in my 40s. And I'm like, yeah, it's true. Really? You have money. You have money. You understand wisdom. And you don't do it as often because it fucks you up really for a really long time. Like one good party, you'll be on, on the floor for like two, three weeks. So it's like, I don't know. Like, I I sincerely believe that drugs, and if we look at it more... And and I don't do drugs, so I can't I can't speak for everybody. But like, if you look at a more general way, I think that people would probably be more intelligent with drug usage in their 30s and 40s than in their 20s. That's very true. That's very true. But yeah, but I know what he's saying though. Once again, like, it's a commandment. And what commandment are we listening? 100%, right? So I Can you if, can you if read you the take, second portion? No, this is Oh, reread the second portion? Can you reread the commandment because he said something after like 25. Unless you're oh, number 7. Oh, unless you yeah, unless you're the uh, unless, guitarist. Unless your day job is playing guitar for the Rolling Stones and lead rhythm not bass. Yeah. So What were you going to say? Like how do you feel about that statement? Well, drugs are behind me since I'm 25. I mean, uh, the day I started CrossFit is the day I actually stopped. I was in kind of, I don't want to say negative because it was a growing phase in my life, but I was doing bodybuilding. And uh, I mean, I think partying is a lot of the bodybuilding way of life, Uh, even though I was not like the hardcore bodybuilder or whatever, but I was going to rave parties once in a while and um uh not a lot of people are sober in rave parties so i mean when you say some of the best parties you had were in your 20s uh well same here i mean uh, and the, the partying phase in my life came out after my big weight loss a big like three year discipline hard discipline uh way of life so i decided to let it loose a little and started partying for I don't know, two, three years or something. But I mean, this bring me a lot in my life. Some of the best nights of my life, actually a lot of fun, but yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, I can recall probably what three to five times since that. And it's been what, nine years since I'm uh, an active CrossFitter right now that I've touched drugs or whatever. So, um, and not not anything super hard, right? So uh, mm. just a recreational or whatever. Uh, 
so yeah, I'm basically I'm I agree with this person, uh, this statement. Um, yeah, I agree with it. I think it's true. I think it's true. But you never know. Mm. <laughs> like you hey. said, probably probably this person uh, at the gym was right, and uh, probably at forty, uh, you're uh, you are. Um, uh, a, a way better party animal than uh, yes. in your 20s. You, you give a little bit less of a fuck as you age. Yeah. Yeah. Zero fucks. Mm. Uh, 14. Good manners are important. There is never an excuse for rudeness. The quality of life is largely about small human transactions and politeness makes human existence bearable. I agree with that. And I will write that down because... Sometimes in stressful situations, I forget that, you know, like we all do, we all yeah. do. And stress is a killer. But I mean, what I see in that is how much sometimes everyone should read that and take their existence and think their work so much. Uh, I mean, how can I say that so much seriously? I mean, how, how can just being, serve the coffee with a great smile and uh, have a great day could be changing your whole day, right? Yeah. Or just, yeah. just seeing your personal trainer and they're saying, hey, I really hope you're well. Have a good day. It was good to see you and say that personally. It can change mm -hmm. your whole perspective on a day. And anyone, if anyone thinks that, I mean, it's just like when you, when you walk the streets in Montreal, no one talks to you or whatever. And I was traveling to Nashville two years ago and people are actually uh, saluting themselves on the street. Like, hello, how are you? Um, mm -hmm. um, at first I was like, not responding. Is he talking to me? Is she talking to me? And then you realize that that's how people live down there. So, and that made me smile by saying that. Like random, random person on the street. Hey, good morning. Uh, good morning. This is, you know. So I find that yeah, statement I agree. being very true. I agree. I agree. It makes you feel acknowledged and everybody loves feeling acknowledged. So Number 15, you will sometimes fail. There will never be a point in your life when you are too successful, too old, or too wise to fail. Expect failure and let it put steel into your soul. Be made strong by your failures and be made grateful by your success. Like night and day, both will surely come to every life. Mm hmm. Well, that's that's cliche, but it's true, you know, like and people I feel like failure has this connotation that isn't what he means. Like misses is maybe more the word like in your life, you're going to have hits and misses, you yeah. know, like like that's failures are failure is a word that I'm liking less and less because just society like if you read the description of a failure it literally means like you have failed at something you have like like you tried to win and you lost like it's like ending you know but if you look mm -hmm. at it as a miss then it's just like hey i tried something and i missed it's not as grave whereas failure feels like a, like i feel the way he's writing it the right the way he writes that is is like it's it's exactly the way it should be 
um, said, like, like you're going to have failures, you're going to have success. And like, this is what's going to, going to mold you into the person you are the same way, like to make an omelet, you need to break eggs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but when you were reading it, it's just like, man, my thought process is like failure is such a heavy word. Like, can we just say that we missed something? Like, like I tried to do something and I missed. Yeah, tried right, didn't work. On. And it can be anything. It can be a relationship, can be a business idea, can be a lot of things. And yeah. I mean, you'll learn from every situation. That's uh, like, uh, I, I like when he says, uh, let it put steel into your soul. Mm-hmm. And that that's very true. So that's when the situation that we're living right now happens you're not panicking and you're just okay let's go into solution mode and we're gonna mm-hmm. get through this you know we mm-hmm. got this um yeah. there's some very interesting ones get a controversial I, one let's let's start bitching like <laughs> there <laughs> those are, are all really of, good number 19 there are lots of fabulous women in the world but you can only truly love four of four or five of them in a lifetime I agree with that. Your mom, your sister. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm counting my mom, my sister, and, and you love my two every woman that you date. Yeah, you. Yeah, but I like, mean, I think he's not talking about family there. I know. I think, I think what he's saying is that, like, like there's no one soulmate. Right? There's not one woman that you'll love for the rest of your life. Like it's like because. I don't know. That's how I interpret it. So if you like, like Fred, I don't know, Fred, my boyfriend, like we're together now and we've, we've committed ourselves to each other, but the, the girl he loved before, doesn't mean that he didn't love her. He loved her. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like all the guys that I've dated before Fred, I love them. Like I didn't not love them. It's but just I mean, not the I, same. I think, I think there's, what he's saying there is that a young man has to make the difference between love and lust, 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 lust whatever, lust, um, because there's a, there's a big difference. Like you will see sometimes there's there's passion, there's lust, and there's love, and yeah. these are three different things. And uh, true love, you can feel it. I know I felt it twice in my life. Uh, I mean, yeah. So. I don't know. Yeah, well, I I think that there are multiple different people that you can be with um, because most of the time we are more complex than just one, like one desire, you know, like there are, there are people that you'll gravitate towards with predominant personalities and like I love funny people and like Fred is really, really funny. And there could be another type of funny person. You no, know he's I mean? not. Like he's so annoying. <laughs> he's funny. Like, <laughs> everybody know. loves he's Fred. The funniest, he's the funniest person I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, my, my point is simply that we're, there are so many people in this world. There's no way there can be only one person. And that yeah. you love. No way. No way. It's just, it turns out that that person that you love you met them at the right time at the right place and you said this is you know so but 
like my first boyfriend that I've ever had, I loved him very deeply. And then the guy after him, I loved him very deeply for different reasons. And um, the guy after him, uh, okay, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> it, but my point is, is that <laughs> I do think that, that he's right. Like you'll never love the same woman. You'll, you'll, you'll have space to really love four or five people. If you exclude family, obviously. Yeah, because uh, if you include family, the five fabulous women are already like mother, grandmother, sister, <laughs> uh, mother, godmother, sister, goddaughters. Boom, done. Five. Mm. Um, number twenty-two. Learn which bridge to cross and which bridge to burn. Yeah. I think that's a very This good one thing. actually helped me a lot in my life in the past 10 years. Uh, and that's a question that sometimes when things don't go according to plan or whatever, this, this question comes, you know, am I crossing this bridge or I'm burning this bridge? What am I doing mm -hmm. with this? So uh, both personally and professionally. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, that's a very important point like learning to look at the situation in all its in the in its entirety i think that's a very good point um i'll just read this one because i think it's beautiful we don't have to react but i i know there's not much reaction to have friendship number 29 friendship the true friendship with that special handful of people takes effort left to itself it will wither on the vine so think about your friends love them and cherish them Cut them some slack when they make mistakes. Friendship is important. And that's the best part of it. But remember, we are all alone in the universe. Never be afraid to fly solo. You were born alone and you will die alone. That's very, very um, intense. That's intense and deep. But that's also very yeah. true. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, you're going to love this one. <laughs> Number 32. You pointed it out before. Never sleep with a crazy girl no matter what they look like. You learn oh, the hard way that it is just not worth it. Usually when they are standing on your driveway at four in the morning, straight painting, I hate you on your next neighbor, next door neighbor's car. <laughs> I dare anyone, I dare anyone to identify crazy woman <sighs> on the first day, you know, like do you think those crazy people will demonstrate those crazy traits like when you meet them? Fuck no. I've been in an abusive relationship and, and that guy was crazy. And if you think for a second that I would have dated him if I knew how crazy he was, like if I knew it, not like, oh, this kind of raising red flags, I, but I'm going to try anyway. Like there's no way I could have known. I, I like, so I think it's really, I think that's really silly. I think that's really silly. I think that that once you've lived through the crazy woman or the crazy man, that you can recognize red flags after, but you have to live it once to understand what those red flags are. So I don't know. I, I don't know. I find that <laughs> statement to be very silly just because it's like, if people can recognize who's crazy and who's not, then holy crap, would we be living oh with much God. less failures? you know, or misses. I find that quite funny. Uh, love it. Hey, I, you're I, crazy. I, Let's date anyway. 
<laughs> yeah, no, I well, I mean, there's probably there's probably signs that you can have in your, you know, I don't know. Let's say you're you're at a bar with friends, and you know, um, you meet girls, and what? And I mean, there are signs that you, I don't know, and and it could be guys also. I'm I'm just saying girls because I, I'm a I'm a man and attracted to women, but there's probably signs that I mean. Uh, someone will be excessive or whatever and you i don't know there's there there's probably signs and red flags that, that no i should like i said go there. but oh I've my been, god this person is very attractive so whatever and yeah and then like like he says uh, uh i hate you uh, spray painting on your next door neighbor's car it's uh yeah i still think that you do like as a sensible person that doesn't have a tangent personality type you make that mistake once and then you'll know <laughs> uh, i just think yeah it's uh, it's silly but it's it's also funny um number 39 nobody knows the full story of a marriage not even the husband and wife yep i think i think sadly this is true well not sadly i mean it's true so I mean, the message I get out of this is don't judge. Never, yeah. never judge anything. Never judge any relationship. Never judge anything. So that's... And, Agreed. And, yeah. So... Um, one lie. Okay, baby. So we have time for five more. And I'll choose wisely. Um... Let's go out of the relationship thing. And uh, yeah, 42, stun them with your talent, dazzle them with your genius, never be half-hearted, never be lukewarm, attempt to knock every ball out of the park. I love this one because it's so me. I mean, when I'm, I go into something, I'm in it to win it. I go full, full sand, I do it. And I, yeah, that's probably... Uh, a, a youthful way of seeing things, but mm, I always yeah. try to knock everything out of the park. It's uh... yeah. What I've I've been working on lately for myself is not thinking like that. Is thinking that getting things done slowly but surely will get you where you want to go. But I was like constantly, constantly trying to knock things out of the park. Feels like just. Like you're trying to make a Im big impact and you're losing focus on what you need to do to make that big impact. So there's a lot of little steps that you need to take to get to where you want to go. So I agree with that because like anything in life, you need to have uh, ambition and we need heroes and we need people to demonstrate what amazing is. But I think that striving to be amazing 100% of the time, all the time, you'll feel a lot of disappointment like when you miss. So I think those are two conflicting ideas that I have in my head, but, but they join at one point. It's like knock it out of the park and dazzle people, but also remember that it takes a team to get big things going. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and like, 
if you constantly try to be the one to knock it out of the park, you're going to miss a lot of opportunities and there's an insane amount of pressure on your shoulders. So I think that there is some truth to that statement, kind of like there's truth to the statement that baseball players are heroes. They're not, they, they play baseball, but they inspire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that, that's why they're heroes. They inspire and they, and they force and they cause people to move in a direction. So mm-hmm. I don't know, like, I, I like that statement, but at the same time, I dislike that statement because it is a whole lot of pressure on the shoulders if you constantly live with the idea that everything that you do is going to be a a home run. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And I couldn't agree more. You're putting so much depth in everything I'm saying. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> um, there's one I just want to read because it's a good laugh. <laughs> Number 46. Never sleep with her sister unless she is the love of your life and her sister is never the love of your life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not comment this one. Um, number 50, never lose your temper with airport security, crying babies, or other drivers. Wait, Patients repeat that? Never Sorry. lose your temper with yeah. airport security, crying babies, or other drivers. Patience will relieve many of life's little miseries, but but is a skill that needs to be learned and mastered, like a language or a martial art. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And I travel a lot. And there is nothing that drives me crazier than people who demonstrate impatience with people at security in the airports. Like... They are literally there doing their jobs and every single day they have people telling them how bad everything is every single day. And they have to repeat the same thing every time. Take off your shoes, take off your belts, take off your this, take off your that. And they're dealing with some people who travel all the time that just always do what they're told and whatever because it's way faster to do what they ask you to do properly than to say how stupid it is. And everyone is slowed down. And this is the same for traffic. When you, so when you are in traffic, <laughs> that's the part drive, that that's the part where, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm driving so much in my life that I lose my temper with other drivers for sure. But it's crazy. So like one, like losing your temper with other drivers, like it happens. Like, I'll be driving and someone will do what I call a dick move. And it's like, fuck, that's a dick move. And then you move on with your life. But then there are people who literally take it personally if you change lanes in front of them. And then they'll do everything they can that you don't do it. And that drives me crazy because that affects everybody around us. So if there's traffic and you're merging onto the highway and you're in traffic and you do everything in your power not to let that person merge on to the to the highway you are a complete dick to society and you should not be driving because it, the fact that you are doing that is causing more traffic behind you and is causing you anxiety because you decide to take that personally because having someone go yeah. in front of you is an insult to who you are as a person it you're is absolutely right bonkers so yeah you're absolutely i think absolutely right yeah, yeah. They, I mean, let's have it, let's avoid uh, 
dick moves. But I mean, speaking of dick moves, I, I, I told you I never hit anyone in my life and I would never hit anyone in my life. That's actually one of my plans to actually say, you know what? I never hit anyone and I'm 85 years old right now and I'm not going to start today. Um, but when I <laughs> see someone losing their fucking minds in a plane because there's a crying baby, oh man, I would, I would stand up and go shake that person and hit their head into the wall. I'm like, why are you losing your temper? I mean, yes, yes, no one, no one wants to hear a crying baby. But the person or the two people that are most affected by this are actually the baby's parents. So mm. how can losing your mind and, you know, like uh, um, having a sigh or whatever, just breathing hard or look at these parents will change anything. Shut up, man. Like just sit down, um, just, you know, wrap something yeah. around your head and uh, uh, put your headphones volume a little up. I mean, yeah, yeah I think that's, that's true. I think that's a situation where kind of like isolation right now, it's like, it's super frustrating for everybody, but we all have to deal with it. And yeah. you're right. Like I was on a plane actually like um, last month, I was on a plane from Montreal to LA to head to Australia. And for six hours, right behind me, there was a dad and a kid and a baby. And then right next to me was the kids, the baby's mom and other child. So they had like three or four kids with them. And one of them was, I think most likely 12 to 16 months old. And that baby did not stop crying the entire six hours. And it was extremely frustrating because no matter how much I tried to put the volume up, it just was irritating because I couldn't focus on anything. So it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating because for six hours, it's like I'm trying to, this is the only time I'll probably be productive in my whole trip and I can't really focus. And this kid <laughs> is, is just not having it and he's just having a really <laughs> shit time also. <laughs> Like yeah. he has six hours of just like, this is shit. I don't want to be here. His dad is doing the best that he can Her The mom is like also trying to figure out how she's going to friggin' survive this six hour flight. The kids are doing the best and like their kids were great. They were trying to help the baby, but it's just that kid's not having it. He's in a bad mood. Parents are in a bad mood. You know, um, other, everybody's in a bad mood. So it's like, and and in this situation, no one said anything. And I'm glad no one said anything. It was annoying, but no one said anything. But sometimes you wonder, though, if the parents are doing whatever they can. You know, like, are they doing whatever they can? Like, Of course they are. Like, yeah. Um, but it's it's hard. It's hard for everybody. I think people need to practice patience. That's true. Of course. Um there's one I think I, I just want to read it once again because it's a good uh, it's a good one. Uh, Fifty eight. Learn to trust your inst instincts. Only the dead go with the tide. Only the living the living can go against it. Love it. Um, Fifty nine. Do not prepare. Begin. Time is always accelerating. With every passing season, a year is always a smaller percentage of your life. Yeah. And I, I love this one because, yeah. yeah, I agree so much because, I mean, I started 
I was an entrepreneur and entrepreneur as well. And I mean, I sometimes there's so much. I mean, you want to get the branding right. You want to get uh, the ideas right. You want to get everything. It's like it's like learning business when you're sitting down at school. It it does not happen. So I'm I've always been the one. I mean, even when I started uh, the CrossFit Kids program at Deca, for example, I mean, were we ready to do it? Like, was it was it the best we could do? It was the best we could do, but was it the best product? I mean, look at right now what you girls are doing with the CrossFit Not Kids me. program. Carrie Ann. <laughs> well, Carrie Ann and what yeah. Martin did before that. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. but if I wouldn't have begun anything, where would it be right now? You know? Um, yeah. Same thing with my coffee company. The branding was absolute fucking trash when we started. Um, our product was not where we want it to be but we had to start and we started with the bang and people supported us and look at right now i think we have a legit branding legit product people love us even more every yeah. day so um i think that, that has been a great one for my business life actually i really do think that there are a lot of things that you can't plan i agree with that 100 i think there are things that you need to arm yourself with before you begin a project that has high risks Like you need to understand what it means to, to have a business. Like you can't just, like you can't just start something, especially if you're already in a business, you can't just launch a product without thinking about what it would mean for your business and things like that. Like every, like there are levels of complexity that you need to at least be aware of. But, but I, and I'm a sincere kind of dreamer in this way where you have to be blinded by all the details for your desire to do something and be ready to, to launch and, and also understand that there, you have to be ready to deal with um, um, surprises and um, uh, things that you didn't think about. Mm -hmm. like, like you have to be prepared because if you're not prepared in certain ways, you just look like someone that's like kind of throwing something out in the world and expecting people to, you know what I mean? Like you have to have some level of preparation. Um, but the more you launch and the more you do those things, the more prepared you are in a, for your next project, you'll, every project will get you better at launching new projects. So the more experience you gather, the more prepared you are, launch an idea without actually Love thinking it. that you're launching um a full-on like finished yeah i'm not product. saying i'm not saying being sketchy but there's nothing i hate most than the not not hate there's nothing that annoys me most than endless meetings about how this should look or how you know before starting it's like hey let's start and then we'll adjust I mean, yeah. then we'll, I, I um, agree with that to a certain extent, but I also having employees that need clarity, I think yeah, that's a big, that was a big learning experience for me. And like, wow, my employees really need clarity because they're not in my head. And I'm at a point now, like my online business right now, I'm at a point where I am, I should have done this before, but now I'm writing up workflows. I'm writing up, um, um, uh, like tasks and, and 
categorizing the business and making a, 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 a map of what the business is so that it's very clear for all my employees for a consistent message. That should be something that people need to be aware of when they start a business. They don't have to do it then and there, but they have to know that that's coming, right? You need to map out your business. You need to map out what you do and you need to map out what your employees, if you do have, what they're gonna do so that clarity, so that everyone is working towards the same goal. Now, like I could have been told this at the very beginning and probably have planned it out before, but I don't think it would have been as effective as a lesson as it is right now. So, yeah, and you know what? Uh, there, there, there are other good ones that um, there are other good ones that um, are here. But you know what? I'll skip them because I want what you're telling me brings me back to one I actually um, gave a lot of advice out of. And let me read it first before you react, because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm listening. I, I gave I gave advice out of this, and uh, you're probably gonna step. But number twenty-one, public speaking and practicing safe sex are two skills that you need to master. You will be expected to do <laughs> you will be expected to do both sometimes at the same event. When speaking to an audience, you should never rely too heavily on written notes, but nor should you try to simply wing it. Both will end in disaster. Have a stack of postcards in your pocket, one for every five minutes you will be speaking and shape your speech, highlighting the big emotional moments and your favorite cheap jokes. No audience wants you to do badly. They all want to laugh, they all want to be moved, and they all want to be entertained. Public speaking is one of those things where you have to just get through the pain barrier. When practicing safe sex, make sure that you do not get the thing inside out. This is surprisingly easy to do and will make breakage, leakage, and assorted disaster highly likely. You will probably have had a couple of drinks and it might be quite late. <laughs> the, <laughs> I think he's speaking, what is it, allegorically? Like, I think, Metaphorically. No, no, no. Allegory, well, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean, allegory. Yeah. What, what he's saying is that, eh, anyway, I don't know. I don't know, I can't tell you what he's saying, but what I'm understanding is that he is trying to talk about speaking in public and then that that everybody wants the laugh portion of it is the safe sex thing. Do you see what I'm saying? Like he, this comment, this this statement slash commandment is memorable now because he talked about safe sex. Uh, well, I actually never remembered the safe sex part of it. Um, but I, I'm I'm glad that in uh in a part where he has 69 men commandments and this is the only place where he's speaking about having safe sex. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of those that uh, we'll put actually the link where we share the podcast, but there's actually a lot of those that talk about uh, a sex life, right? But we, we just didn't go through it. Um, I'm glad he speaks about it because yes, kids, it is very important to practice safe sex when you're outside <laughs> of, a, <laughs> of, um, you know, steady long-term relationship. But the part I like about this and, you know, often people come to me and they're like, how do you do it? I mean, don't, don't you, aren't you scared or stressed out or, or whatever before speaking in front of a large audience? And I'm like, well, never, I just feel adrenaline, the same adrenaline when I used to compete. I, 
I love it. it. It's it's what I'm living for. And there's so much pressure. And even on radio, I've, I mean, it, it's not a live audience in front of you, but you know, there's in my case, there's about thirty to thirty-five thousand people listening on the radio when I'm speaking live, right? Um, oh man, no, yeah, that is no, a lot of pressure. But no one, no one expects you to be perfect. I mean, if you mess up when you talk, um, just just make the most out of it. Even when I'm I'm in a live event, uh, I can call the wrong name. I can call the wrong time. I can, uh, you know say things that make no sense and if i'm making fun of it actually people will love it and they will support you even more so if you're not comfortable in speaking in front of a large crowd or even in front of 10 people that might be a large crowd for you i don't know uh just just know that you're speaking with friends it's the same thing it's people are not expecting to be they they i mean they probably want to be informed they want to have fun uh, and whatever. So just I give, don't put yeah. too much pressure on yourself. I read a really good book um, about public speaking um, that gives really good tips and tricks. It's the tech, it's a TED Talks book. And so I speak a lot um, to, to moderately sized groups. And I think that that book helped me out a lot. But um, I think, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with that statement. Like everybody wants to get informed and to, to have like enter being entertained. And I think a lot of our insecurities are very well demonstrated when we speak publicly because we're fear of judgment. We're very concerned with what people think about us. Um, yeah. It really and no stems one wants down to judge to, you. That's something that you put in your head. No one wants to judge you when you're speaking uh, publicly. They all want you to do well. So when yeah. you start with this idea, actually, there's so much pressure to come off of you. Um, they're not there like rating your performance. You know, they, mm -hmm. they just want some information. They want to laugh, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, agreed, yeah. That was fun, Michelle. Yeah, thanks, Greg. I'll let you Maybe get back we should to your do busy a, schedule. Yeah, my busy schedule, yeah, Sunday. I was hoping to take a off today, but I can't. <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. What was your idea? You're saying let's let's do. Uh, I said we should we should uh, read more of those and and discuss them. I like this. It's a good idea. I didn't want to go too hard on you uh, at first. Uh, there there are some pretty hardcore ones that I don't necessarily yeah. agree with, but uh, I know that just the fact that a man could write something in some commandments, something like that, you would go. Uh... <laughs> what a man would do that? That's totally inappropriate. Men should not Love be it. able to give their opinions. And listen, if people listening have uh, this kind of this kind of commandments, this kind of article uh, that you know that a woman wrote for women, please send it our way. We want to know it. We want to comment it. Yeah. Uh, let's have fun. Let's. Uh, I want to read it. I want to react also to. I mean, I will probably agree with most of those uh, women's statements, but I, I still want to know. <laughs> that's a good plan i like that all right so have a good day take care thanks everyone for tuning in and uh we'll see you soon for another episode thank you greg thanks, michelle